Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. In Ireland, we don't get a lot of sunshine, which means we probably don't get enough vitamin D. And that's why we developed Vitabiotics Ultra Vitamin D. Specially formulated, one tiny ultra-vitamin D tablet helps maintain your immune system, providing all the vitamin D you need in one daily tablet. Bring a little sunshine into your day with Vitabiotics Ultra Vitamin D. Pick up your three-month supply in-store and online from leading pharmacies and health food stores nationwide. Welcome to the bloodandmud.com podcast episode 89. I am Lee Calvert, the, the editor, that's what I am, the editor, not the episode, the editor of bloodandmud.com. And the gentleman joining me over there is... Having an episode, uh, I'm Josh Gardner <laughs> of rugbyshitwatch.com. You can get in touch with the pod at bloodandmud on Twitter or lee at bloodandmud.com if you want an email address and there's the website and all that kind of stuff and people can get in touch with you how, Josh? Uh, at Josh Gardner or at rugbyshitwatch, uh, rugbyshitwatch.com uh, and wherever social medias are sold you will know because you are actually listening to this that this is available on the apple podcasts app and it's available on Acast, and it's also available on anywhere you wish to put the rss in your favorite podcast listener so thank you very much for listening we haven't got any reviews this week josh i'm not bothering no, no. well we've had someone it's not bothering to read them out oh, we've had enough. millions oh. millions of brilliant ones i'm just not bothering oh, to read brilliant. them out well it's just 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 by the it's normal now isn't it, it? oh I mean, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah. We will start, as usual, with our player spotted, where we ask you to get in touch with mundane spottings of players. Ben emails us, and he says, big fan of the pod, keep up the good work, exclamation mark. He literally exclaimed it in the email. Good wow. man, Ben. Good lord. He says, getting ready to board my flight up to Edinburgh for the Scotland game, this was last week, he said, I look up to see none other than the former Scotland scrum half and Sky Supremo Rory Lawson standing in front of me watching the Gloucester match on his iPad. He was wearing a blue woolly jumper and some dodgy grey suede brogues. Uh, suede, no. Grey suede but Paul's not here. He could rule on this, but it's it's not he, a good he, look for me. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's not a 
It's not a great look, is it? He said, normally, Ben says, back back at Ben, he says, normally, I'm not that fussed, but he managed to get in front of me with his frequent flyer card, which really pissed on my chips, he said. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you on that one, Ben. Player <laughs> spotted fair, for making does... you fuming. That's a new niche. I like it. He does a lot of air miles, you know. I actually had a, a, a incredibly mundane player spotted this weekend. Did you really? Uh, not 10 minutes after getting off the train at Cardiff Central on Saturday, I was walking through... Uh, one of the arcades there, I believe it was the Morgan Arcade. I never nice know them. arcade, and, uh, yes. Who indeed, one of the old nice ones. And uh, who should walk past me but uh, former Wales, current Gloucester hooker Richard Hibbard, stepping out of. Uh, I level with you. I don't. I didn't see his shoes. He's wearing a very tight knitted <laughs> sweater and some uh, some sprayed on jeans. Uh, I was going to say there was sprayed on jeans going on. Was there? He, he's definitely sprayed on jeans and sockless, isn't he? He's got to be. I, I will bet you a hundred pounds that he was wearing some sort of brown suede boot, but um, yes. I couldn't tell you for sure. And yeah, he just sort of was looking like a, a peroxide lemmy. So, <laughs> is he an impressive uh, figure up close? In, he's a big in, lad in normal yeah. clothes. He's a uh, he's a big lad, wide, broad. And uh, yeah, I, I assume that he had just stepped out of Watches of Wales, which is one of those fancy watch shops where all the rugby players seem to go all the time, judging by their social media. And he's doing a bit of shopping. So, uh, so yeah. today I've bought four watches and eaten 15 Nando's chickens. That's basically <laughs> my entire life. Yeah, I assume that's where he was directly heading. And uh, gutted for him if he was, because there was a fucking big queue outside Nando's at about two o'clock on Saturday afternoon. So Yeah. Now, you know, I like Nando's. I can't get that excited about it. I'll be honest. But if you want oh, food, I know you're tuning in for feud reviews, ladies and gentlemen. Av- it's bang average. I mean, but it's all right, would... but it's not worth 12 quid for chicken and chips, is it? It's certainly not worth a queue of about 100 people outside the one in St. David's 2 uh, about 2 o'clock on Saturday afternoon, which appalled me. <laughs> it's like Shake Shack's directly opposite, guys. Go there. <laughs> Change I went, your life. I went to a, a milkshake place on St. Mary Street when I was last in Cardiff. And I went in, it was with the kids, and it was ice cream and stuff. And I went in, and it looked like a strip joint. <laughs> it was like all, it was all black and mirrors and purple lighting. It, it literally looked like it doubled as a titty bar in the night time. Are you sure you didn't go into <laughs> the fantasy, uh, fantasy lounge, lounge instead? <laughs> it's horrible that we both could say the title of that bar at the same time. Well, that's because you, well, in fairness to me, I got handed about four flyers for that place <laughs> at various points on Saturday afternoon. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. Other no questionably misogynistic venues are available. <laughs> yes, there's Abigail's. There's twice as nice. <laughs> used to be opposite where I lived in Cardiff. Lovely. Right. So there, that was anyway. player spotted, believe it or not. Should we do some yes. news before we by, get into by, it? By way of Cardiff strip joints. By way of which... Cardiff titty bars. Yeah. yeah. So what have we got in terms of news this week? Loads. We have got a lot of news. Yeah. Yeah. One thing we do benefit up. from from doing a pod on a Monday, unlike other people, yeah. is that we do tend to get the news because there's a lot of press releases things come out on Monday. On mon- yeah, things happen on Monday morning. Case in point, Ross Moriarty officially signing for the Dragons today. Yes. And not on a national dual contract either. Some, some one of the, I assume it's that Just Eat bloke who's a shareholder in the Dragons now has put his hands in the pocket and basically funded the entire Ross Moriarty deal which is definitely a financially stable and sensible way for things to go on in the oh, future. But. Yeah, we've, 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 we've spun around that roundabout a few times before, haven't we? But yeah, it yeah. is what it is for now. But actually, Dragons fans out there, you must be really no. made up. Yeah, it's fucking brilliant signing for the Dragons. Great for Welsh rugby. Uh, yeah, and good for him. 
because he won't have to be flogged like a motherfucker. For Did you next... see his wonderful tweet about his Gloucester contract last week? <laughs> I, I look. Mean, I, don't, I, I just don't really think you couldn't love him anymore. He gets like pissy yeah. on Twitter. That's like that's <laughs> his days. It was it, it, in fair enough that Hackerman saying, "Well, he hasn't spoken to me about a new contract," <laughs> and his kind of response was, "I wasn't aware I had to ask for a new contract." <laughs> yeah. like, well, if you, you don't ask, like... you don't get Ross. Well, so you're off to the dragons. That's one thing he's learned clearly. <laughs> yeah, so he's gone there. So him and North yeah. there next year, which looks like it's bang on. Does it? Or is, it is he Ospreys North? We reckon. Um, I would imagine North going to the dragons. Oh. Because you'd have to be fucking mental to sign for us right now. Um, <laughs> Which no, calm we'll yourself get, down on that we'll, one. We'll, we'll, get, to, we'll, we'll get, get to that one. We'll um, get to that one. Yes, I would imagine that George wants to go into the Dragons as well, which will be two absolutely bloody box office, two best players who've played for the Dragons, except for Falatau, since you know their glory days, really, of just since die Watkins. <laughs> Well, since the sort of Percy Montgomery era, really, I guess. Like oh, when God, were... you know what? Till you mentioned that, I'd forgotten the Percy Montgomery era. I'd just forgotten Percy Montgomery existed full stop. <laughs> no Fair modern top-level rugby player should be called Percy. There's a fundamental no, problem no. somewhere. And just, he was a bit of an arsehole, wasn't he? Let's be honest. He was, yeah. Yeah. Anyone with that much feather and fleck in their hair, <laughs> it was it's a not lot a good of start, is it? There. It was... What yes. else have we got that's going on? It was the World Rugby Awards last night. It was. Believe it or not, we're sat here at home and weren't asked to go to Monaco know, like, like certain other rugby podcasts really, that we could mention. Yeah, devastated by that, to be honest. <laughs> well, so. What do you do more than about around Monte Carlo when it's 87 quid for like a glass of water, probably? Well, exactly. That's the thing. I could, I could afford to get Yeah, there. didn't I even want to go anyway, fuck. so fuck off, World Rugby. <laughs> I wouldn't know what the fuck to do while I got there. Um yeah, so Bowden Barrett, World Player of the Year, Kel Surprise. Yes. I'd Although, have given it, I'd point... have given it to Falau myself. Yeah, because somebody pointed out on Twitter, and I'm sorry because I've missed this, because it was. The trouble is, a lot of people get in with their shit goods early now, but it means it gets lost in the Twitter pool. So, unless yes. you kind of do it when I request it, then yeah. uh, I'm, I still might miss you, we'll be honest. But yeah. somebody did vote come up early, and. Vote off. <laughs> and he said, "And he said, how can you give a fly half World Player of the Year when they've got an eighty percent kick success rate?" Yeah, it is a kind and of also, fundamental part of your job, isn't it? By his incredibly high standards, yes, he's not been as good as he has been. Whereas Falau, for me, upped his game to a ridiculous level this year. And well, and also he was doing it in a team that was struggling. Yeah, and was still brilliant and still scoring tries for fun against everyone. And Barrett, he has flitted in, in and out of games. Australia look without him. Yeah, that's true. We'll come on to that. But, mm. I mean, Barrett flits in and out of games, I think. And the thing is, when he flits back in, he does something remarkable usually. But even yeah. well, And I suppose, can you judge that? Is it fair to judge him because he has to be consistently as good as he can be? Yeah. Is it he, not, was done, you know? like, he was shit on Saturday. Yeah, he was. He did fuck all. <laughs> and... You know, it was. I mean, they're still the best team in the world. They don't need him to be brilliant every game to win most games. But mm. yeah, I think it was a little bit of a reputational one. On the flip side, though, Eddie Coach of the Year, I think, is fair enough. Um. Yeah, because what period does this cover? Last season. Uh, yeah, last season. Yeah, that's fair enough. So, yeah, that's fair enough. I suppose because does it? Because a lot of people are saying, well, you know, Gatlin, the Lions, like, no, no, no. Gatlin did not, for all of the quality of that Lions achievement under no circumstances, is he deserve coach of the year for that. 
Richie McCaw got a special merit award. <laughs> he said, was it a helicopter flying award? Yeah. Or... Services okay. to invisibility. <laughs> Services to, we wish you were still playing so that we could give you more awards, Richie. And Yoani won Young Player of the Year, didn't he? Yes. In a move that is, shocked is absolutely, absolutely no one. no fucker. <laughs> no, it's, yeah, I mean, he, he was another one who could well have won the whole thing, but... Uh, there's a wonderful picture on of Eddie Jones and Clive Woodward with his arm around him. <laughs> and you, Eddie looked like he oh, Eddie looks like he literally wants to throw up in the cup they've just given him. <laughs> oh, why does Clive still get invited to these things? You why, yeah, why is Clive Woodward still a thing? <laughs> yeah, it's a fair point. He just what wanders around the done? BBC studio dressed like a bad Rupert the Bear tribute act, <laughs> and then just and just yeah. What was he doing now? Isn't he, isn't he working for some got... some football team? No, he did the football team thing. Then he worked he for worked British for, Olympics, he, didn't he? He worked for Southampton for a while, and by they've been significantly better without him. And yeah, he did something with the Olympics for a while. But, yeah. spark, he spouts management bollocks, which was inventive in two thousand and three, but nobody's fucking buying it anymore. He gives good flip chart, as they say. Yes. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you see, we're he's... laughing at it, but he's the one earning probably three grand a day to give fucking good flip oh, chart, isn't he? 100%. We are the mugs here, as always. <laughs> as we always. Are we are mugged <laughs> off by everybody in rugby. <laughs> what else we got? It's it's Mikey S got in touch on Twitter and referred me to the fact that Jan Kisk, who's a Canadian sevens player, has said there's apparently a new rugby world policy company that no longer no longer allows players to write things on tape, as in on the tape that they have on them. Mm, now... I've looked at this and I can't see that there's any actual news source that credits this. It looks like an absolutely magnificent bit of Chinese whispers that's gone. Yes, it crazy. could well be fake news. If it isn't fake news, oh, what a load of bollocks. I also but... think as well, to be honest, whether you agree with this or not, it could be very murky waters because people could start talking about freedom of religious expression and all sorts. But oh, people massively want it, You know so. what I mean? It's... You can, you know, freedom of expression, not just in a religious sense, but any kind of, you know, most of them have got fucking mum and dad written on it, for God's sake. It's like, <laughs> no. Is that really a problem? Yeah, because it, it could be mumanddad.com, the baby what clothing shop. Yeah. Do, you know what, do you know what this could be? What? Quite obviously, particularly as it's coming with the Sevens, is right. that the Sevens World Cup is in San Francisco in a, next year. Oh, anti-Trump stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's true. They tried to at the Country Music Awards, didn't they? They tried to stop journalists asking questions about gun control and things, and they said, no, you just have to talk about... You can only allow us to ask questions about trucks. I wonder if they're getting in early doors with this because they do not want anybody who is playing at the uh, World Cup in San Francisco writing anything anti-Trumpish. And getting on their knees at all. You're not even allowed to get on your knees at rock time. Yeah, oh, well, that's one, you know, that is going to be the other thing. They will almost certainly compel everybody to stand for all anthems, I would imagine, which is kind of the done thing anyway, but... Yeah. And it's international sports, so it's a bit different, but... Uh, uh, if that is it, and that is why it is... I love the way we've just spiralled that into a thing that's really going to wind a... us up, but we've got no idea if it's true or not. Yeah. Oh, I'm yeah. fuming now! <laughs> yeah, I've, I've, you know, I've... I've added two and two and got five potentially there but uh that does sound like it might be a but thing if history's taught us anything is by it's adding two and two to make four is a fucking naive way about going about things that is extremely true well we'll see what other news have we got um 
One thing that did come out today that might have gone under the radar. I like this as a memorandum. I can't fucking say this word. Memoriam of understanding. Memorandum of understanding. Memorandum. Not a, me- not a memorium. It sounds like somebody's dead. Why did I it sounds like understanding is dead. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Memento understanding. Understand. How we miss you. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, see, it helps if you're trying to pronounce a, a hard word to say that you write the fucking right word down. Memoriam of understanding sounds like a, a late Morrissey song. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was going to break into song then, by the way. <laughs> um, yes, so World Rugby and the uh, International Rugby Players Association have uh, basically, World Rugby is going to give them some more money um, and invest in the players' union more. And also they are... Um, up for giving players more input into governments uh, governance of the game. So, particularly in relation to player welfare issues, season structure, eligibility, all of that stuff that directly impacts the players um, about rugby governance. They want to get the players' association more involved, which has got to be a good thing if they actually bother to do it. It has got to be a good thing. It does. It does reek a little bit of that when. In the government over here, we're going to bring in rules to get workers sat on boards like they do in Germany. It just never really happened, did it? Yes, no, exactly. And <laughs> yeah, how how much is their consultation really going to matter? Really, who knows? But it's it's at least good that, particularly with things like player welfare and the season structure, that players' voices are hopefully going to be heard. No, because... it's easy to poo-poo these things, but actually, mm. you know, it can't be a bad thing if they're structurally trying to get players more involved in decision making. So yeah. Exactly you know, that. Even we can't think that that's a lot of rubbish. So. <laughs> no, even if even us over here cannot be <laughs> entirely cynical about it, then it's got to be a good thing. Any more news? Uh, I think that is. I'm. I'm totally news. I've lost the news. I'm used out as we yes. were. Right then, shall we? Before we go into what we learned from the weekend, I would like. To, should we do a team of November? Uh, yeah, we probably should actually, shouldn't we? Yeah. This is our shout at who should be in the team of the November Internationals. It's been a difficult one to pick a team actually because there's been so much chopping and changing introducing the new people. Nobody's. Mm. It's not like the Six Nations where your best team's going out every week and you can actually select it. There's been so much movement. In the case of Scotland, half of their playing staff being taken down with a bubonic plague. Yeah. Um, it's been hard to kind of fix it. It has. And, and the one decision. team that sort of stuck things fairly consistently with their team selection has been Wales, who've been fucking abysmal. Yeah, there's nobody uh, Welsh in it. I'm sorry to break this to you, Josh. <laughs> I'm shocked by that. <laughs> Josh Navidi will be devastated. He's the best player ever to play rugby now. Did you know that? Uh, apparently so, yeah, but we'll go back to that. <laughs> um, yeah, so the team of the November, fullback uh, Stuart Hogg. Easy. Easy Although, peasy. Honourable mention for Byron McGuigan at the weekend. Oh, yeah. Who he just uh, came in and, yeah. Well, who doesn't actually play fullback. He played on the wing. But, yeah, he uh, he did very well. Um, but, yeah, Hogg, clearly best fullback in the Northern Hemisphere. I would like... be fun to have some sort of arbitrary competition between him and Israel Folau for best fullback in the world. Very it? different, though, as well. That's what I like about them. Super different, yeah. Yeah. Very different. But yes, easy, easy choice, I think. Fullback, uh, full, I've just done fullback. Wings, yeah, uh, yeah uh, Rico Ioani. Yeah. Controversial easy. choice, I know, but I'm going for <laughs> <laughs> going for the best. He's abs- Did you yeah. did you see him by the way at the end of the Wales match when somebody tried to have a, and who was it who was getting a bit fisty towards the end of the Wales match? Somebody got a bit argy. I don't know. I couldn't see from my. And points. basically, Rico was just was just stood there going, "Look at the score! Look at the score! Yeah. Look at the score!" In that brilliant fourth team way. 
yeah, in a, in a brilliant. Uh, there are seven blokes bigger than me who are going <laughs> to back me up if you chin me because I'm a chopsy little shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Other wing, I've gone for Jacob Stockdale. I he like him been, a lot. I like him a lot, and he has been very. I, I he's uh, to be honest with you, he is in would be in my good this week, but we might as well just talk about him now. I mean, four he, in four, he's four caps, four tries. That's not fucking. And just bad looks return, handy. Looks handy. Yeah, I mean, it's and been not a bad. Has good lines as well. That's the thing that I yeah. always look for in a, in a winger at test level. Is this is fuck what you you know if you can how many tries he scores. It's what does his support play look like, and his support play looks very good. So. But as you said, Byron McGregor was good. Lee Jones was great when, before yeah. he got dropped, weirdly. <laughs> yeah, um, no, a good... And, you know, Rocket Degouni has been good when he's he been has given been a good. shot. That's Johnny true. May's been good when he's been given a shot. When he's been given the ball within 50 metres of the line. Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, Elliot Daly has been fucking good. It's true, quite a strong line-up for him. Because I went for Stockdale because I quite like him. It was yeah, just a kind of... I'm with you there. But I think it's, it has been a good thing for wingers, to be honest. And what's his face? The new Australian guy. Who's named uh, Karabati? Oh yes, yeah, sorry, I completely forgot about him. Yeah, he probably him is. He, probably, he should probably be in there, not Stockdale, but yeah, probably. So it just yeah, shows you we could have picked anybody. Absolutely, yeah, bounty of. We could have picked anybody apart from Hallam Amos. We couldn't have picked him. Ah, picked him ahead of Steph Evans, to be honest. But yeah, it wasn't it's a mixed bag, wasn't it? Yeah, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. <laughs> uh, so uh, halfbacks, uh, Connor Murray. We could have. Yeah. yeah, we could have gone for Aaron Smith as well. I think. Yeah, to be honest with you, I think I, I I won't say this very often, but I think both of England's nines have had good moments. I think Ali mm. Price has been good. Yeah, ten Finn Russell. Oh yeah, I mean, it's as you said, Barrett's Barrett, not... Barrett, Barrett. I would say that at the moment, Finn Russell's playing better than Bowden Barrett is. It'll but be Bowden interesting to see what happens to Finn Russell. It'll be interesting when to see what happens to be interesting to see what happens to Finn Russell when he has to play behind a pack that's going backwards. Yeah. If he gets to the Six Nations and they get he get they get beasted by a full on England pack. I'm not saying that will happen, but you no, know, but it probably I... will. Let's not let's not beat around the bush here. Like for all of Scotland's excellence in the pack, and they are very good. Ireland and England and possibly France as well are just horrible bastards. And I don't still am not entirely convinced that Scotland are entirely set up to deal with being absolutely beasted in the pack and still play well. Hmm. But we'll see. We will see. Well, well, that's the next test, isn't it? And they've passed every test that's been put their way this autumn, really, haven't they? So, or very nearly passed it, even against New Zealand. So Mm -hmm. we have to be fair Mm -hmm. to them. Right then, uh, back row, Chris Robshaw. Yes. A man, you know, he's just. He is what he is. He's a fucking good six, and he always has been. Eight out of ten, all the way yeah. through. Yeah. No, never more, never less. <laughs> yeah. Well, occasionally seven. Okay, occasionally, occasionally seven. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, but flits between Very seven and eight, eight out of ten. Yeah. <laughs> but Very occasionally. Never a nine, never, never a ten. Never a nine, <laughs> never a ten, and never a six either. Yeah, and never a seven with his in shirt number. Or not yeah. again. Well, he no. was at the weekend, wasn't fucking, he? Yeah, he was, but, I mean, come on, Samoa, yeah. doesn't count. <laughs> so, Rob and Shaw... they got fucking beasted on the deck, it must be said. <laughs> Number seven, of course, my new beau, Mr. Hamish Watson. Yes, he's been excellent. Outstanding. Oh. Officially outstanding, according to Opta. Really? Well, wow. These are the stats I do like, because they confirm my bias, so I'm all over these stats. Indeed. He's he's picked up a uh, turnover every twenty seven minutes, which is more than any other player this oh, autumn. 
Sean O'Brien's been very good for O'Brien Ireland as well. O'Brien has been pretty good. I'd say. Yeah. Uh, and fair, you know, fair play to him. Josh Navidi has been very good yeah, as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, number eight. Not a great tournament for number eights, I don't think. No, really you had, bad. Talupi like... dropping the ball all over the shop in the first game. Yeah. Uh, Scotland had... kept getting injured. Yeah, I don't know who plays number eight for Scotland now. Kieran Reid got injured. Again, I couldn't pick Australia's eight out of a out of a police lineup. Uh, tell you what, CJ Stander was very good against Argentina and has been yeah, in general. Yeah, that's true. Um, more Nathan Hughes, really, isn't Nathan it? Hughes Nathan Hughes pretty Hughes solid, has, yeah. Yeah, he hasn't torn up. It's not been a good autumn for eight. Hughes was very good against Argentina. He was. And then, and, it, um, yeah. Yeah, and injured. Uh, Sam Simmons was good at the weekend, though. Fair play, but... Sam Underhill in the back row? No, oh, so. not yet. Did oh, all right. Yeah. Uh, right then, second row, Joe Lodgebury. Easy. Yes. Although, you know, came a cropper at the weekend, yeah. but I think he did enough in the two games. Um, yeah. Whitelock. Because, yeah. you know, Whitelock. Yeah, he was very good, actually. In He didn't have a, a less than an eight and a half. Apart from game, getting carded versus Scotland when he was the captain. But that just makes it yeah. even better. Because the referee says he said, yeah, but I literally told you five minutes yeah. ago what was going <laughs> to happen. Like, yes, and now I took one for the team. <laughs> yeah, come on, sir. It kind of, I always want the players to just be like, yes, I knew exactly what I was doing. I was taking one for the team. Just give me my fucking card and spare me the lecture. <laughs> yeah, that front row. Uh, Kean Healy. Yeah. I tell you what, he's been very he's good. He's had a bit as well. of a quiet yeah. renaissance this autumn. Well, mm. not so much quiet. Actually. He's been barnstorming all over the place. But yeah, yeah, pretty good. Hooker, controversial selection, but I think Dylan Hartley's had a very good autumn. I tell you what, he was very good. <laughs> like until he was a bit of a shit. But, he was but you know, good. yeah, but <laughs> you take what you know. You know what you get. There are certain Dylan things Hartley. that don't you can't apply. Yeah, and that is just him in in. Every way, isn't it? Um, what's his face? The uh, Scotland hooker has been very good as well. Stuart McAnally. Uh, Stuart McAnally, yes, him. Um, yes, he's like, what was it, seventeen of eighteen and seventeen of eighteen on the line out throwing over the. the he just looked game. very accomplished and for a guy who ever probably just yeah. went. Never heard of him when he came on. Yeah, and we heard of him, just, but let's, yeah. let's just not. The most important thing about Stuart McAnally is that he's not Ross Ford. That is probably the most important thing that Scotland can finally see a way out of the Rossford tunnel. Oh God! I mean, uh, look how happy I am. Imagine how Scottish people <laughs> must feel to have a hooker who's actually not a bag of shit. Like, oh, like a hundred caps you had to put up with that, and now all of a sudden you've got this new guy. He looks really good, and he's like, and you know, he's young, and he could like get a hundred caps maybe. Who knows? Yeah. But he's not He's not Ross Ford, and that's all that matters. That's the most important thing. Cling on to that. <laughs> we walk it. forward into the future of Wonderment <laughs> that is not Ross Ford. <laughs> and then tight head, I think. Dan Cole's had a very good summer. Summer. I tell autumn. you what, he, he has had a little bit of a mini renaissance, I feel. He does this, though, and then sometimes goes a bit back to being a bit. But he's, he's never terrible, Dan Cole. <clears throat> he's just solid, but he was pretty good, I thought. Yeah, uh, what's his face as well on the front row things? Uh, Daryl Marfo has been very good. Yeah, he's on the on other the side. side. He? But yeah, yeah. He's there. but yeah, he's um, um, well. I think he's good given, because of it's it's the expectation to reality gap 
Yeah, everyone. Was I think like, maybe absolutely he's not been that good, but in relative relative to what people expected, he's been yeah. like the greatest rugby player he's ever like to walk the earth. Third choice for Bath or whatever. The greatest rugby genius that's ever existed. Yeah, fair play. There's only ever been one true sporting genius. Do you know? Do you know who that is, Josh? Who is that? Rodney Mullen. Is it really? Do you know who Are Rodney sure? Mullen is? <laughs> no, I ain't got a fucking clue, mate. People out there, if you do know who Rodney Mullen is, please look up who Rodney Mullen is. He's the only, him and Ronnie O'Sullivan are probably the only two really true sporting geniuses. I mean... He was a skateboarder, yeah. Rodney Mullen. Ah, okay. I probably should know Absolute genius, if you want to take yourself over a look. Sorry to be uh, off on a tangent. I'm, I'm, already, I'm already Googling. <laughs> uh, actually, if you like no, a bit of skateboarding... I mean, he did, inv- he did invent the kickflip. Yeah, he did invent... If you look at the tricks he invented, it just basically is... It's it needs awesome. an atta- a page of its own. <laughs> yeah. Oh, fair play. So also, that's Josh yeah. on board. So anybody out also, there who wants to yeah. uh, have a look at Rodney Mullen, then please feel free. Watch some videos also, of him. Gareth Davis. Uh, Gareth Edwards, right? <laughs> Not Gareth Davis. Gareth Davis. Yes. <laughs> the, yes idiot, Davis the idiot savant genius. of Welsh rugby. Yeah. <laughs> he's well. He's an idiot savant without the savant bit. Yeah. <laughs> So there you go. That's our sort of stab at doing a team of the autumn. It's difficult in the autumn because there's three games and all that, as we've already said. So, so that's that. So yes, it's our our autumn is not over. Don't forget, we've got an, another week of misery. Right. What do we have? We got to twenty five minutes in. I don't know. <laughs> I've got no fucking idea. Right. How do what's to look at what we've learned from the weekend? France are no longer mad. They are simply just really, 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 really shit. Yes, I weep. For Baptiste Saran, a figure of such beauty, a beautiful, pure rugby creature as him deserves better than that absolute shower of shit. He can't be keeping his job, Gino, over at the end of all this. He cannot be. Oh, my God. I'm surprised he's still employed now, let alone, like, they got a World Cup in, like, 10 years' time. They need to not be shit for it. (laughs) That's it. If it keeps going on this trajectory, imagine how bad they'll be by then. Yeah. It's not, it's not, 2023 is not far away. They're going to be a shower of shit until this World Cup without almost any doubt. So they've got another four years, really, to fucking... And there's no excuse for it, really. Because some of the top 14, you can make your jokes about the fatness and all that, but actually, Mm. there's nothing wrong with the top 14, and that's not even anything to do with the fact there's foreigners in there. There's plenty of French people playing decent rugby Mm. in the top 14. It's just a nonsense to suggest that it isn't, that isn't the case. But... It's just bad structures and bad coaching. Yes. Every, I mean, basically. Scotland are the comparison for everybody now, aren't they? Let's be honest. Yeah, yeah. That's what good because... coaching can do. Look at the fucking <laughs> state of you, by the way. Yeah, because Scotland are fucking... They are about the system, not the players. And I mean that entirely as a compliment. Yes. Because they can replace their best players with clearly inferior players who are not as good by some distance... And because they're so well coached and they're so comfortable in the system that they play, it still works almost, you know, without any kind of real upset or any hiccup, you know. And that's something that pretty much everybody should have You know, that's what the All Blacks do. That's why it's like everybody talks about the All Blacks having huge depth. It's because the system is so good that they can just slot fucking anybody in there and we'll who's played on... in that system and they know it. We'll come on to this later as well, but... If you look at Glasgow this weekend, mm. and I won't go into that yeah, now, exactly but actually the they just brought in a load of kids and third yeah. streamers and still managed to play a great game of rugby. Yeah, and what do you know? They knew what they were doing. And it's like, 
and it's so simple and it's just what Scotland do is very is not complicated but because their system is simple and effective and you know it can be easily drilled into people from fucking academy level on up and and they just play the way that they're, they're used to playing and you know too often and you look at somebody like you know Bez, or you look at somebody like Rob Howley and you think you're just fucking so convinced of your own genius that you actually think that all of this meddling and all of this ridiculous attention to detail bollocks is actually working but actually it just cripples people with too much choices and too many things in their head when they just need to be given the freedom to say here's a loose structure that you play in go have some fun when you remember we watched the Lions tour, the Lions video, and I said, it's amazing that Rob Aldi keeps eating jelly, jelly snakes all the way through games. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that is amazing. That is amazing. I've also noticed as well at the weekend, and I've seen this a few times, he's always drinking a can of Coke as well. He loves a can. Do you know he's what like public, he's that? like dentistry Wales' worst nightmare. <laughs> it's like jelly sweets and cans of Coke permanently. Do you know what did amuse me, though, is that he, he always has a can of Coke, but in a couple of the venues, they clearly only had Pepsi. Ah, yes. We've been I could feel his anger. Twickenham only does there. Pepsi. Well, I mean, but surely they could pop out and get Robert. I mean, he could bring his own Coke, really. <laughs> sure. They're not going to search him, are they? No. But, yeah. I did notice, notice a couple of cans of Pepsi on the table. It's always full fat as well. It's yeah, never but in terms of role model, Public Health Wales needs yeah, to have a word, yeah. I tell you. Cause... It's never Max. It's never Pepsi Max. No, it's, it's never not Coke Zero. It's always full, full fat, fat Coke. fucking Coke. And then a, and a half pound bag of Haribos. Yeah, teeth melting stuff. If they were Tangfastics, he'd literally look like a sort of 17th century <laughs> prostitute by the end of the game. Tooth-wise, not dressed. <laughs> I was going to say, well, I was trying to vision what you were talking about. Then. You mean, yeah. All right, no teeth. I get you. Right, okay. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah so what, what are we on about then? Speaking Fuck of Wales. Speaking Scotland, of Wales, very good. Scotland, very good. Speaking yeah. of Wales, what I learned this weekend, because I learned, well, I didn't learn this weekend, but I was reinforced this weekend from watching Wales, is that cutting... Rugby's a very simple game. People talk about mm. pods and people talk about second waves of attack and people talk about all of this. When actually, just cutting an angle against the defence works. Mm. Hallam Amos, perfect case yes. and example. It's the first angle that you drift across has hit but it, in about seven years. Do you ever find yourself watching rugby? And you will as well, listeners, I'm sure. Think about how many times you actually say the words, oh, that's a good line. Yeah. You probably say it about once every three games. <laughs> And actually, there's a serious fucking problem with that, actually, because there's yeah. so many attacks that drift across the field all the time. Yeah, the Wales and game it's most of the time. Of the, the way you were there, weren't you? In the Wales game, yeah, most of the time of the weekend, all New Zealand had to do was walk slowly across the field. Sideways. I know that's all and they had to do to defend it. The seats that we had were like bottom tier, around about the ten meter line, and I could just like you could just see them just coming towards you. <laughs> slow like and it was just like why are you going coming here just stay what oh and it what was makes, infuriating and it's it loads of teams run patterns that look on the face of it to be interesting and clever when yeah. actually they are anything they are but not. because no. it still just involves the defense walking slowly sideways across the pitch and then you run yeah. out of space and then just even if you're not actually taking the ball on the angle the number of players that don't even straighten their run when they take the ball that's the one that really... It's unbelievable. They just keep drifting towards the touchline. It's, like, it's because they want to score. 
Is that what you think it is? They, I think particularly if you're in the 22, when you see a player making a run, it's they want the glory for themselves. Scott Williams nearly fucked up that really good try by doing exactly that. Yeah, he did actually. Yeah. He should have fucking straightened and passed, and that would have been a fucking untouched run in for Steph Evans. Instead, he does what Scott Williams always fucking does: pinned his ear, but ears back and tried to run through three blokes. As it happened, he just about managed to get there this time, hmm. but it's an epidemic and it's a massive problem. And it isn't. It's not just. It isn't just Wales. It just. No, it's when you think to yourself, with the exception of maybe Scotland, because Scotland do run those lines. Well, again, they do make they make, and the way they come off the wingers come off the wing regularly yeah. to cut the angle and stuff. It's just you know, it's not that complicated. It really isn't. No, you know but you've I mean? got to do it. You've you've got to come looking for like, and that's been one of the things that have, has blighted Wales under Gatland is that the wingers never fucking come off the wing looking for work. No. And it's fucking stupid, but yeah. <laughs> it's fucking stupid. That's the end of that. Right. Well, 70% possession. That's what Wales had on Saturday. And they scored two tries. And the All Blacks were pretty shite, let's be honest. But they never looked like they were going to lose that game at any point. A guy, uh, there's a guy on Twitter who got in touch. Didn't get in touch with us, but Lawrence Hooper is listening got in touch and referred <laughs> this guy on. And now I can't find a tweet about the name of the oh, guy. I the, know what you're talking about. The analysis yeah. guy. Really good stuff. Yeah. Really interesting stuff. And and back to what when we were talking last week about Scotland and how they struggle to score against New Zealand, and it's easy to operate. He was saying that the evidence demonstrates you have to score early when you get into twenty two, or you let mm. and, and, and the more the longer you're there, the less likely you are to score. Yeah. Because it is harder to score when true. there's no yeah. space. And we were saying yeah. that about Scotland the other week, weren't we? We were saying that mm. actually they went into the twenty two very quickly, but unless you can recycle and go again, you you, you hit some trouble. I can't remember his name, but I'll I'll, I'll no, try. I, I know I saw it, and I yeah, it it, and it's true. And you look at the way that the number of times that Wales got into the New Zealand twenty-two and then just stalled, and then they tried to force it and did something stupid and knocked it on, and it was like to be honest, with you, they would have been better off just going through the phases and trying to milk a penalty out of it rather than fucking trying to dive over the top of a ruck or trying to do a miracle fucking offload. It's like. Well, that's what happens when you get you, an obdurate defence in the 22. It's very hard to get any space out there. Simon Gleave is a gentleman's name. That's him. And he's uh, he's he's an, an analyst of some description, but he's, he does all mm. his own analysis. So he's not ESPN, and he obviously compares his stuff, but he's, it's really worth a listen. But yes, basically, for example, super fucking uh, interesting. Worth a read. But, for example, Wales visited the New Zealand 22 <laughs> nine times. And an average 1.6 points per 22 entry. New Zealand went in eight times and averaged 4.13 points per entry, which says something, doesn't it? Does. Which says something about your possession. You can you can spend ten as Wales have often done. You can spend ten yeah. minutes in the 22. Yeah, and it doesn't fucking matter, does it? No, and you, you knew that it was going to happen. As soon as Wales sort of had that positive start where they had loads of possession, I literally turned to my mate who was sat next to me and I said. We'll fuck it up or we'll squeak a penalty and then New Zealand will turn around and probably score from the kickoff. And that's exactly what happened. They, you know, they eventually churned out a fucking penalty, the half penny banged over. And then as soon as New Zealand got the ball, they're just instantly more positive and more dynamic with it. And they weren't wasting time and they weren't just trying to get into the 22 and then sit there and wait for a... You know, it's this bollocks of waiting for fucking gaps to open up in defences. No, the longer that you're there... Mm the easier the defence will have it because 
it's not like the old days where you know teams would run out of numbers if you you know just kept on attacking 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 until they you know mm. teams are smart to that now they won't commit men to the ruck they will just fan out and wait and another, it's really obvious another thing that uh this Simon picked up on was what Jiffy was talking about the 15 minute soul destroyer, you know? Yeah. And he came back and said, this Simon came back and said, actually it was 17 minutes between minute 45 and minute 62, five entries into the Wales 22 game over. <laughs> yeah. And to be honest with you, th- all three of those tries were entirely Welsh props, you know? Yeah. Or so that, that's nice though, isn't it? That cheers you up when you yeah. sat there trying to keep warm. Yeah, it was great. Right, I that all started with me saying that cutting literally, angles works. Yeah, so literally, you know, Dan more angles was standing everywhere. right in front of me when he threw that interception. Oh, and God, yeah. I just screamed, what are you doing? And then sat down and was very upset. Um, it's a penalty advantage. Why would you do that? <laughs> <laughs> Damn big, I, eh? I think I might have actually said, why would you do that as he threw it? <laughs> oh, um, Right, sorry, what did you learn? Yes, um, I learned that Owen Williams has got a lot of flack for uh, Iwani's try mm. where he was sacked to East Channel. That wasn't... Yes, he was at fault defensively for it, but he was basically sold down the river by Howley, Gatland and Edwards because 13 channel, right? Hardest place to defend on yeah. the rugby fields from a set play. So why Full do you stop, stick a guy... Yeah. yeah, why do you stick a guy with two caps who's never even played at 13 at club level there against the All Blacks when you've got 100 cap defensive captain Jamie Roberts on the field? If nothing else, Jamie Roberts is going to know how to fucking number up there, surely. And played a lot at 13 as well. And played a bit of 13 as well and is a big lump and will not get fucking caught flat-footed. And, and you know, instead, they decided to play Jamie at 12 and ruined Owen Williams' effectiveness in every other portion of the game, by the way. I think he's worth um, a run at 12, though, Owen Williams. I tell you what, I want him... I mean, whether he'll be able to play next week because of whatever, the release things, I don't know, but... Um, Unless Hadley Park starts at 12 next week and has a fucking incredible game, I would like to see him at 12 again for Six Nations. I've been very impressed with him on the whole. He adds a different... He definitely thinks for all of the shitness of Wales this autumn, it's added a different dimension to their attacking play that's definitely been positive. Um, This Wales real fans versus day tripper fans is getting worse, isn't it? <laughs> on Twitter, this whole... They're all wanky... <laughs> It is. However, so you were there on Saturday. So, what's your take on, on the on the general say, quality I, I of the crowd? I generally am like whatever people pay their money; they're allowed to do what they want. However, me and my mate did get offered outside for a fight five minutes after we sat down in the seats. On You're Fucking prick. <laughs> yes. Uh, I wish I was making that up. Did they say, are you fucking Josh Gardner for the Blood and Mud podcast? No, Outside. He, they, he, took, uh, he took great umbrage to our um, insufficient level of respect that we were affording to the uh, band of the RAF <laughs> while they were playing Uptown <laughs> Funk. Um, <laughs> that is fucking brilliant. It, it, um, it made us both... It was that thing where he's standing behind us basically saying, don't you fucking hate that? People got no fucking respect now and they bunch of fucking cunts. No respect. And so just turned around and was like, what? 
and uh, he offered us outside. And then we said, no, we're not going to go outside and fight you before like, the game. Do you know how far start. outside is from here, mate? Yeah. It's fucking and miles. Also, well, yeah, and it's really cold. And also, the game hasn't even started yet. <laughs> Do you honestly think I'm going to fight you over respect to the RAF band? And even if you and were so, going to respect the RAF band, it's not when they're playing Uptown Funk, is it? It's not like they're playing, you know, exactly. Nimrod or Jerusalem, was it? they were playing some sort of really, like, solemn, you know, if they were great, hats off to the RAF band, they were very good, and, you know... Hey, nobody respects the like, RAF band more than us, Josh, that's the truth <laughs> well, of it. Exactly. But, yeah, they were having, you know, they, are, they, were doing, they were doing some good shit, they were spelling out letters on the field, it was all in good fun. And, uh, and you but, were sat yeah, there, this... literally flicking the Vs at them all the way through it. With no well, respect. Yeah, obviously that was us. And, but the best part was that there was like about six or seven like uh, kids sat in the row in front of us who uh, got the full Mr. Respect decided to unleash a, a plethora of colourful language throughout the game. That uh, Good he God. definitely yes, it was it, it was hilarious, especially because as soon as he stormed off after we didn't fight him, his mates uh, apologised profusely. <laughs> Hey, we've, all, we've all got one, haven't we? Yeah. We've all got one of them. He was like, oh, sorry, we've been drinking since 11. And I was kind of like, yeah, I've been drinking since 12, mate, and I'm not a fucking asshole. So... <laughs> yeah. yeah, because Adam Rees got in touch and he said a shit for him is is that uh, the Welsh fans never mind the team, the fans are all pissed bellends. But there's more and more of this seems to be coming out. Maybe it's because of who we follow, I don't know. But it made me think, I'm a Bruce Springsteen fan, right? And when you mm. go and see Bruce Springsteen, all the big fans go about two days before and you get a number on your hand, and it's all policed by the fans. Yeah. And then basically, just before you're about to go in, if you've got a number on your hand, and you have to go back for roll call and stuff, it's all very awful, but it's worth doing because Sounds they give you a wristband, and you get in the pit down the front. Okay, yeah. And I was stood there talking to some guy. I remember last time there was a guy from Bristol. He was saying, you know, he said, oh, you you got to get in the pit, he says, because otherwise you get stuck by the fucking day-trippers. He said, <laughs> all fucking singing through racing in the street and everything and talking all the time. So it was, it was, and I thought this would be the perfect solution for Welsh rugby, that basically all the proper fans who want to sit in one bit and have knowledgeable rugby conversations could turn up two days before. I think that is actually a very good idea. Like, have an ultras end and have a... <laughs> Yeah. A casuals end. I know that those are technically both terms. I know for what you mean. Hooligans, yeah, yeah. but yeah, you know what I'm saying. Um, yeah. yeah, because and it is fucking annoying when you are just constantly having to stand up and you know wait for somebody to go to the bar for the seventh time in a half or whatever. And uh, I, I sympathise. On the one hand, people pay the money; they can do what the fuck they want. On the other hand. Yeah. Some people are proper fucking balance. And the trouble is, well, so, the Bruce Springsteen thing, you see, there's then about there's then about 10 people at each gig who are self-nominated monitors of this thing. And they are the kind of people who would have grasped people up to the Nazis. You know what I mean? They are the worst kind of people. So you can't, you know, you, you've got to tread yeah. carefully with these things. Yeah. But I do think that, there, you know, there is maybe a, a scope to, like, put... But how do you do that, you know? <laughs> do, you, do you name your favourite, like... You know, you just turn up reason. early, and you have to come. If it's like Springsteen, you have you've got, you've got to, to come, turn up you've early got to come back. Every, you've got to come back every four hours to check that your numbers are on your hand and stuff. It's yeah. all those new fucking security things. They'll make you turn up early, don't you, Molly? Oh, yeah. Anyway, we spent far too much time on this. Oh, what else did yes. you learn this weekend? Um, I learned the playing league matches in test windows totally devalues said league. Um, so if Worcester stay up now, or extra top the table. At the end of the season, yeah, it's a bit shit, isn't it? Like, given the number of players that both losing teams were missing, 
due to international duty. Also, Osprey's class. That's still no excuse to lose to Worcester at home. Oh, no. But Sorry, it really isn't. You know, it's still a factor. Ospreys versus Glasgow is missing 34 players because of internationals on the weekend. Yeah. Between them. Didn't 14 to, for Glasgow. Didn't seem to accept. <laughs> didn't, didn't, didn't you think it would go worse for Glasgow then, wouldn't you? Well, yeah, you would. But, you know, they're a much better team than the Ospreys. But, you know, it's still 34 players. That's an entire fucking squad. That's a hell of a lot of players to lose, isn't it? It's, it's particularly acute. It's more acute in Wales and Scotland, isn't it? We've been here before. But, but it, it's just, it just devalues it. And you looked at that Saracens-Exeter game and it was just like, who the fuck are you? <laughs> With most of the Saracens players. And most of the Exeter players like, oh, you're, you're the people who play every fucking week because you haven't got a load of fucking internationals. And it, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't that bad a Saracens team, actually, when you look at it. There was a lot of... There was some, you know, Max Malins at 10, for example. Yeah, I'm with well, you on that one. But Ben yeah. Spencer's decent. Wiles was there. Bosch was there. I'm not saying that, like, particularly the English ones, they haven't got the money to still have good squads. But it yeah. was like, it's just, it's just fucking stop doing it. Stop fucking playing games during international windows. Yeah, it's bollocks. Maury Lowe was at Exeter. I didn't even know he was even there or even still playing. I, I had no idea that was the case either. I assume he doesn't play very often. No, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> mm. Yeah, but the Premiership was a bit batshit this weekend, really. It was. Results-wise. Let's be honest. I mean, look at Gloucester. Every, battering Newcastle at Newcastle. Every, everything was batshit this weekend. <laughs> Chorizo nearly won at Ulster. God, yeah, I know. Fucking insane. And Ulster had to rely on... Who's it tweeted me and told me that Ulster had to rely on Tommaso Allen missing a... No, man of the match performance from Tommaso Allen. That's what Ulster yeah. allowed, allowed to happen. It's insane, isn't it? What else uh, did we learn for the weekend? Quickly, there's there's not a great margin. I learned that there's not a great margin between being a super top, mega, brilliant back row player and hmm. executing a flying leg scissors that can maim people, like Marrow Toji <laughs> did, because he was literally about six inches away from killing somebody. But because he 100%. didn't do that, it was absolutely amazing, committed, spectacular yeah. back row it's play. The sort of thing that we've discussed on more than one occasion this year of players flying in with their studs up (laughs) and it's really fucking dangerous and they need to stop people doing it because it's going to get someone badly injured at some point yeah so that's what made me think this weekend what else have we got that we learned anything else um one more thing i learned one thing i learned this morning is that clubs need to fucking grow up when it comes to announcing players leaving because increasingly, as Gloucester demonstrated today, we live in the age of the shitty player departure press release. <laughs> and it's so disingenuous. The Ospreys did it with Dan Bigger and with Reese Webb this season as well. But, like, it makes the club look so petty and bad and bitter. Like, Gloucester today, right? The Moriarty leaving statement, hmm. six, 65 words long, including the headline. Less than 100 words for a player who came through the academy, has played for you for six years, became an international and a lion while he was there. And not once in the statement did they thank Moriarty for his contribution to the club, wish him well at the future, or with his international ambitions, any of that stuff. It was just, he's leaving, um, he became international while he came through, and he came through the academy and he became an international and a lion. We will make no further comment on the matter. And it's like, for That's God's, fucking awful, isn't it? It's fucking really... And like, even if you don't mean it, just wish them well in the future. It doesn't cost you anything to be civil. And it's making club these clubs look so fucking petty. Mm. We understand it's been a very bitter 
Yeah, and you'd rather and be kept him. Yeah. yeah, and you're very upset about losing him. And it's obviously not been a very enjoyable negotiation process, judging by what has been said. But come on, guys, just be grown-ups about it. What else? The last thing I learned this weekend is that Andy Powell wants to, Andy Powell wants to start World War Three because he had to stand up on a train. <laughs> this was the weekend of Andy Powell's. Oh, he was on fire. Scorching hot takes. Oh, <laughs> thermonuclear takes yeah. on things. Josh Navidi's better than Warburton. <laughs> World War. III I'm having to because... stand up on a train home. Let's start a World War Three. <laughs> oh yes, he was. He was bang on form, and I assume on the sauce this weekend. He doesn't drink anymore, apparently. Oh, does he not? No. Is he just mad? I think he's, okay, just, he's just Andy, isn't he? He's is just Andy well, At least that's Andy. what he says. Billy said he didn't drink either, but he was quite clearly hung over to <laughs> shit when we seen him. So, <laughs> Yeah. Right then, that's yeah. the end uh, of what we learned, I think. Is there anything else? I think it better add be. Jesus that's the end. Jesus, I know, yeah, we've gone off Locked somewhere. Hour in. <laughs> that's the end of what we learned, and we'll be back with an update on the Cuthbert Police on Cup. After these messages. In Ireland, we don't get a lot of sunshine, which means we probably don't get enough vitamin D. And that's why we developed Vitabiotics Ultra Vitamin D. Specially formulated, one tiny ultra vitamin D tablet helps maintain your immune system, providing all the vitamin D you need in one daily tablet. Bring a little sunshine into your day with Vitabiotics Ultra Vitamin D. Pick up your three-month supply in-store and online from leading pharmacies and health food stores nationwide. Acast recommends podcasts we love. Changemakers is a new podcast series with me, Claire McKenna, talking to people who stand up, speak out, or challenge us to think a little differently. It's about the greater good, families and children, respecting their own individuality. In the next couple of years, like I hope I never have to have conversations about racism ever again. Like, I just want to get to the stage where, you know, people are just people. Nobody's pooling the resources together and actually being able to show how much of an impact it will make when people do come together. Changemakers with Claire McKenna. Search for it now wherever you get your podcasts. Acast is home to the world's best podcasts, including the David McWilliams podcast, I'm Grandmam, and the one you're listening to right now. Right, we're back. Cuthbert Police on Cup. Yes. Well, what let's a, cut what to the chase. Yes. What the fuck are we going to do? We hadn't even thought that a draw could even happen. I know it's not good planning, no. but since when no. have you known us to be good at planning? So basically... It's Why a dr- did you expect that this arbitrary thing that we made up would have some sort of rules that we were st- had planned out in advance? I mean, the real we're making reg- this all up as we go along. <laughs> the real regret is they could have won it, couldn't they? It was a, it was a conversion from... Yes, so this was very nearly... Very nearly. Weekend, fucking Claremont shit watch. Which is a ridiculous score to draw on, by the way. It's like drawing like nine all or like it's, ten all. It's just absolute classic. Drawing thirty-two, thirty-two just seems incredibly unlikely. Classic Cuthbert Police on Cup. It is. It's... So we've so come yes. to the conclusion. Thanks for all of your suggestions, by the way. People just blatantly want us to give it to Claremont just for the laughs of it all. Well, yeah, I, I do, and part of me does feel like drawing with the CPC holder is as bad as a loss for a visitor. Yeah, because you should be winning place. it. Yeah. 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 However, Oyanar did not win. They didn't win. And therefore, so you can, yeah, you cannot shun like lose the CPC without winning a game. 
and they haven't won a game. So, and that's, our shit so there you go. It's been officially, we've handed down the the yes, untoward CPC incident <laughs> review group has been away. Indeed, and they're away to breathe next uh, next weekend. Well, it, could, so. it could change out that could. Imagine how shit that. that game could go one or two ways. It'd be the worst game you've ever seen, or the most batshit mm. brilliant game you've ever seen, couldn't it? Tell you what, though, do you know what's what's coming up after that? Though it's European they, again, isn't it? It's the double header against Worcester. It's coming to the prep. Oh, come on, oh, you know, Worcester have shot the bolt now, haven't they? Against against yeah. Leicester, so there's no way exactly. they're being oh, you know, and it's, it's it's Worcester away second as well. So, yes. Worcester away for the second game yes, as well. Come so on, even if even if we're not having surely. the Cardiff Bath bounce back like we did last season. <laughs> Fuck no. So that is the Cuthbert Police on Cup, ladies and gentlemen. I realise we have got a few... We've had new listeners again this week. So if you want to know what the Cuthbert Police on Cup is, I'm not going to tell you now because we're running well behind tight no. schedule, really. About eight months <laughs> Schedule, ago, as I... if we have a schedule. But basically, yeah. yes. So I will about put eight a... months ago, I said to you that I should write a thing about what the CPC was and is, and then I never did it. And we put it on the website. So maybe I should do happened. that. Yeah. yeah. Josh, making prom... Writing checks. <laughs> Ego was writing checks his body couldn't cash yeah, again. Not for the first time. Again. Yeah. yeah. So let's move on to shit good. Shall we? Let's rapido. Yes. Shall we do? What do you want to do first? I always give it to you, Josh. What do you want to do first? Uh, should we do shit first? Because I feel like people haven't really. People were expecting things of me this week. That's true. Actually, I'll just settle it. In terms, in I'll terms settle of and get rants. myself comfy I, here. So I didn't really rant about Wales that much because it was exactly what I expected it was, and I didn't really care. Um. So shit number one with an exclamation mark and some bolding and maybe one of those strike through things and some underlining uh, is the Ospreys who uh, suffered the worst t- uh, defeat in the history of the region on uh, on Sunday afternoon or Saturday afternoon. I can't remember. can't even remember. Um, despite playing a team stacked with internationals against a bunch of Glasgow's Academy kids at home, no less. Um, yeah, I can't even remember what the score was. 47-6 or something like that? It was, it's yeah. It's fu- fucking obscene. I'll, uh, I'll tell gone... you what the score was. Embarrassing. That's what the score it was. was. A, well, it's gone past a disgrace now, to be honest. Like, we've already lost the season. This could be the sort of year where it actually could destroy the region. I don't feel like I'm getting too ahead of myself now because you think <laughs> fans are going to like buy season tickets next year or sponsors are going to renew after this shower of shit of a year uh, it's beyond sacking a coach or changes in players now um, they need to clean house top to bottom Andrew Millwood all the way down to the fucking kit man like nobody involved in this there's a spectacular absolute... number of people on Twitter when you follow a couple of rabbit holes who are just basically saying I'm not going anymore or I did yeah. go last season I'm not going to get not no, going anymore. season ticket for 8 years and I ain't going no more sort of thing because it is just yeah. it's rotten to the core it seems yeah and it's very obviously rotten to the core you know Andrew Millwood is mates with Steve Tandy and it's it stinks to high heaven the horrible thing is right is that Tandy he took the job and he did his best. He's not a bad guy. Is Absolutely he? did his best. Do you know and what he's mean? just it's not taken that, it's it just... to like for him to come out and say, Oh, I still think I can do the job, it was so it did make me sad. Because it's like, <laughs> mate, look at when oh, the writing's on the fucking wall, mate. You just got dicked forty seven six at home by a bunch of academy kids. This like I don't know what he's you know, if he's still got that confidence behind closed doors. Oh, and also Dan Evans basically fucking on camera 
appearing to make his very oh, yeah. proper yeah, yeah, stations yeah, yeah. known when he got substituted. Um, what was it? What did he mouth, you fucking pricks, or something? Uh, yes, I believe that was the long and short of it. He sort of glanced at the coaching box, and, and the lip-reading thing of it was something in the region of, you fucking twat, I believe. Was Brilliant. Um, yeah, they're not in a good... They're in a terrible place, on and off the pitch. The region is a fucking mess, and <laughs> amusingly, there's an Osprey Supporters Club... Uh, open meeting i think tomorrow night where tandy andrew millward and uh the head of the um oh, what the fuck's his name the guy who's in charge of the whole fucking shooting match rather blythe are mm. taking questions from the osprey supporters so uh, if anybody would like to film that why would... are you so shit yeah <laughs> how can you look at yourself in the mirror these are the sort of questions I expect to be asked. I would basically, if anybody is recording that meeting, please stick it on Twitter because I imagine it will be very entertaining as, as in Graham, a sort of incredibly depressing way. Graham Golvin on Twitter pointed out that Rory Jackson came off the bench for Scotland to beat Australia, then flew to Swansea and played 15 for Glasgow the day after. <laughs> That's the level fair of... Play, sh- I mean, fair, fair play, play to him. Yeah. And then still managed... And, um, and then still made Bunga Bunga later on. You know? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> right, what else have we got then that's shit? Uh, shit is... Uh, Scope Kepu? Yeah. The flying shoulder? Yeah, horrible challenge, horrible moment that totally fucked his team up. And it was on the Mish. How very dare he. How very dare he, but the Mish just stood up, cleared his nostrils and, and carried on. Yeah, I mean, Australia would have lost that game anyway. Scotland were far too I good. I did say that. I said that basically, red card or not, that result was coming. Yeah, it would might not have been quite so gaudy, but they no, were but going it, to win. That. They, they were winning that game convincingly. And people even laughed if at they me on the scoreboard at the time. I got a load of it stick did. for Jinx yeah. home last week, and I said it would yeah. be quite a, a ten-point win. And I, I stopped. Well, the thing is, we'll never know now because of the red card. But I still stand no. by that's what would have happened. Yeah, I think it would have been a ten or fifteen-point win instead of an absolute fucking prison shaming. But yeah, talk they, about is a bad, that the second record record defeat they've had on this in this month. Australia, because it was record against England and a record against yes. Scotland. It, it was that was their record defend, uh, defeat all told, wasn't it? Against the Northern Hemisphere. Team, imagine they'd lost to Wales as well. I can't yeah. even imagine that. It's just I too crazy. It's just too crazy yeah. an idea. Get get back to real life, for me, Andy. <laughs> God. What else have we got? The shit. Uh, Will uh, Matthewman got in touch on Twitter and he said, "Shit is being a Quinns fan." Yeah, got hammered by Bath. Being a fucking Osprey well, fan. Actually, he did follow that up with, uh, "Good is not being an Osprey fan." So yes, that's true. But again, all Alid Brew was all over the Bath uh, magnificence on Saturday. No Brew, no Clue Part Two. <laughs> Electric Boogaloo. Never... <laughs> <laughs> that is a very nice joke. Great Dance Two, Electric Boogaloo. I do remember oh, that film. Yes. I had that on VHS. Um, oh, oh, oh. Right then, what else have we got? That shit. You got another uh, one for a Steph Evans' defence is shit. Oh, yeah. Naholo gave him an abs. I know a couple of weeks ago I was saying, okay, he's had a mixed bag, but he's more good than bad. Over the balance of those two games, I think he's kind of gone into more bad than good. Is he worth like, persevering with, though? Oh, I think so. But, like, both of his tries probably wouldn't have happened if he hadn't been caught out of position and had shit tackle technique. Now, I'm not piling in. Like we should appreciate that he's a talent and 
And yeah. what he can do is as important as what he can't, but you can't ignore the fact that he's cost Wales three tries and scored one in two games. It is international rugby at the end of the day. And the thing exactly. is that there's something about one of the key qualities an international coach has is recognizing international quality quite quickly. Mm. And actually sometimes people get disposed of and it seems quite ruthless is because they know what they're doing. They look at it and go, you're just not good enough. Yeah. Or, Vice versa as well. You, sometimes you find somebody's not playing that well for the club, but they keep getting into international squads, and you go, why is that happening? It's because they look at somebody and go, you've got something. You've got something in you've there. You've got yeah. international 100%. class in there somewhere. And I think there's something about, and I'm not saying this will happen with him, but there'll be a point at which an international coach, Gatland or somebody else, will look at him and go, you're never going to be able to do this. You're never going to be able to do You know, In a way, Eddie had got that way with Rocker Daguni, hadn't he? Yeah, you're never going to be able, James Simpson, Daniel. You're never going to be able to do this defensively, which yeah. is you know. And that's the thing you can't like you can you've, you've got time to learn, and you know it's about what you can do, not and not what yeah. you can't in a lot of ways. But you don't get a pass but, from all defensive. But sometimes duties. it is about what you can't yeah. do. Yeah, you, you, <laughs> it really you can't is. just not defend because you're exciting. You have to be like base level. Like you can be fucking bang average at defense. But yes. you can't be a liability. No. And what he was on Saturday was a fucking liability. And it was very unfortunate for him. But because I, I like him and he's got bags of talent. But Oh, yeah. And I think he's great. He's lovely to watch. He'd be brilliant for the Scarlet. And I hope it works out for him. But it's just that thing of realizing that it's not unreasonable that sometimes somebody goes, you know what? Your tackling's never going to get sorted. No. And You're I never going to be able to. You will. You will at some point ship two tries in an international game, and that's just not acceptable. Yeah, and it's it's interesting to watch the reverse Cuthbert going on here, where you know if if Cuthbert had conceded had been in his position and done what he did, he would literally have been hung, drawn, and quartered outside of the fucking stadium by <laughs> yes, the fans by the end of the true, game. Yeah. And instead, everyone's getting savage on Twitter yeah. for suggesting he might have a defensive problem. Yeah, and it's like we can't go like fair enough. What happened to Cuthbert was bullshit, and like it went way beyond the fact that he was just not very good at that moment. However, that doesn't mean that all players instantly get a pass for all criticism of their deficiencies in their game. And he has like people seem to be getting very uppity about us suggesting that the new Messiah is somehow not amazing, but he has he's got a fucking lot of work to do. He really has. Williams wasn't the best defender. He's often compared to Shea Williams. Shea Williams wasn't the best defender, but he did enough. Yeah. So you have to get to the point where you can do enough. And there might be a that's point at which where they decide he won't be ever get to that point. Yeah, he's and, already yeah. 23. Like, that's not old, but no. he's not young either. What else have we got here that's shit? Uh, ben Tadman got in touch and said that shit was England. Fair to say the report card for the autumn <laughs> test reads bare minimum. I think that's a bit harsh. A bit harsh. Yeah. A bit harsh. I think it's a bit... We're a bit... We've done a bit better than that, Ben. I think, but... Um, Won all four fucking games. Yeah, but I think that was always going to happen anyway. So that's what I'm saying from a kind yeah. of bare minimum point of view. <laughs> yeah, it's... there was only one of those games was actually a test, let's be honest. Like yeah. An actual, and, proper... and it was something about... I said at the beginning, it was something about seeing something that I can hang my hat on for the Six Nations. I've seen it a bit. Mm. We know what the four was going to do. That's not a problem. No. But I think, again, Samoa doesn't count, so it's hard to see if you're creating anything. No. And but I, I do still don't know been, who's going to play centre for you all the time. It's like that. surely it was settled on a 
centre partnership for the first game and give him a couple of games to see if they're actually good. But he's just chopped and changed like nobody's fucking business. And yeah. that, to me, is a little worrying. I think it's going to be Farrell and Teo, mostly. Yeah, probably. To be honest, I think that's what it's going to come back to. Speaking of shit, actually, and mm. England, Mike Brown. <laughs> okay. Anything in particular this week or just the general what one? what point does somebody else get a crack at the England 15 shirt? Like, he's been fluctuating between average and pretty shit for three years now. He can't pass. He doesn't run like he used to. Like, don't do anything wrong, though, does he? No, but, like, give he's somebody else... He's kind of unfashionable else... and it's boring, but he doesn't do anything wrong. I can no, see why somebody like much, Jones... He doesn't do much right either, though. No, I know that. I know that. England I'm just... moves that he fucking ruins by either not getting in the right position or throwing a terrible pass or not passing at all. Like, just give Anthony Watson a go. I mean, I, I've been saying Watson should play fullback for quite some time now. I think he's a better player there as well. But, um, yeah. but he's obviously see there's something about a spine of a team with Jones, I think. And he, yeah. he sees that as being the start of it. And it is just, yes, he operates in a, in a narrow creative space, shall we say, if I'm being <laughs> kind. But, um, but I suppose he doesn't fuck up anything, does he? No. And if that's the measure, and it seems that is the measure, then... But if he wants to win the World Cup, he's got to aspire to a little bit more than not fucking up from your full-back position. Hey, we got to a, a World Cup final in 2007 by just generally not fucking up, apart from against South Africa. And having Ian Bolshaw at full-back, so yeah, fair enough, you have got a point. <laughs> right. Good then. Good. Uh, uh, duh, duh, duh. No, we're still on shit. Oh, oh, yeah. Sorry, we've got Andy Snedden on shit. He said, "Shit is your best player getting injured in the warm up." Yes, that's true. Yeah. Hog, but good is then McGuigan putting eight tri- and putting eight tries on the Aussies anyway. Yes, we've covered that, I think. And shit, Simon Brooker says, Guy Nove making Mark Levermont look like the Pep Guardiola of rugby. <laughs> it is true. I mean, they must dream of Levermont being back now. At least he won I a few. Oh, it's bizarre, isn't it? It's like he got them to a fucking World Cup final, for God's sake. What was that, Sant Andre? I can never remember. Who? In but, 11? Yeah. Oh, I think Who was it? Was it, it Sant Andre or was it, it Levermont? Might have been Sant Andre. Either. I mean, that's the problem. France have had in a absolute cavalcade of interchangeably boring and uninspiring coaches over the last decade. But they used to at least be half tidy with it, or at least hard to beat. Now, God, they were shambolic against Japan. I was watching the highlights earlier, and it was just like tries that should never have been scored. I think they underestimated Japan, though. Japan looked fairly... Oh, massively so. But you know what you're going to get from Japan now. Like... They'll play at a high tempo and they'll throw it about a bit. And France had a bloody good team there. You know, they had fucking Picamols, they had mm. Tran Duke, they had Baptiste Saran, they had, you know, they were all players that you would recognise and who have played for France in bigger games than that. And they would just shat the bed. It was the Evermont in 2011. Ah. Yes, it was. Imagine you look at that team in 2011. Sorry, we're going off on one, but you had Medard, <laughs> Clerc, Rougerie, Mermoz. Palisson, Para, Yashvili, Chabal, Dusatoir, Bonaire, Nale, Pape, Nicolas Mar, Servat, and John Baptiste Pooks. That's a pretty decent. You look back at it, fucking. Team, is it? They would fucking. <laughs> they'd rip horrible. off their arms for that team now. Yeah, and they were horrible horrible, bastards. Horrible. Horrible bastards. Yeah. I guess he was on the bench like he always is. Francois <laughs> Trandu. Francois Trandu. Yeah, of course it was. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, still shitting the bed in 2018. <laughs> Honestly, the most abused player in the no. history of French rugby, that bloke. No, he could have, him and so Para sorry. could have fucking sorted them for years. <laughs> anyway. Uh, yes. Now we're on to good. Yes. Aaron Smith getting like whacked good. in the face with a ball. Oh, that was glorious. <laughs> Which people keep telling me like is a falcon. I've never heard this term. I've never it's called heard a falcon. Before, people go falcon. I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? He's got it in the face of the fucking ball. That's all it was to me. And a glorious moment it was. I thought too. he might, might finally knock his hair off his head, but it didn't. <laughs> it was one of those things where he was trying to sort of walk it off and act like it hadn't happened. But yes. at the same time, he had that lid. And but it was I, like, mate, it's just not going well for you at all. I made a gif of it. And, you know, a few people shared it. And literally just now, while I've been recording this, somebody from New Zealand just come on and said, yeah, keep losing, boys. <laughs> Obviously, absolutely so salty, fuming like... because I put a video of a funny thing on a rugby thing. Yeah, you're you're uh, uh, undeniably slapped. This is this is why New Zealand are fucking really annoying for the rest of us. It's that. It's <laughs> it like... can't be all of them though. It's just no, definitely not. But these salty motherfuckers who just, for God's <laughs> sake, have a sense of humour about things. You got hit in the face with a ball. It's objectively funny a lot of people have sent me on twitter and it's been doing the rounds have you seen the shirt the sales sharks misspelling on there no 62 minutes sale take the first penalty in the center of the park will cliff will have a shit at goal (laughs) (laughs) it's infantile but it's funny oh it is good point yeah, have a shit at God. It's proper French policeman <laughs> LOLO. That's another. It, it, it very much is. Bang, bang up to date reference. As somebody who has a website about rugby shirts, that is a problem that I very nearly get trapped on at least well, once. Well, people a week. thought you were introducing yourself as Josh as from Rugby, rugby Shitwatch, shit yeah. didn't they, for yeah. a while? Yeah. Yeah. Right, now what else have we got that's good, Josh? Uh, we've covered most of my goods, oh, okay. really. Um, Brian McGuigan. Yes. Not a bad way to make your first international tries. Jacob Stockdale, 4-4. Four four. Mm-hmm. Sam Simmons, sort mm-hmm. of looks mm-hmm. like he could be quite tidy. Uh, Elliot Daly, grows and grows as an international. Like His step is fucking lethal, he's isn't He's lightning. It? Oh, God, he's fast, yeah. Um, the only one that we haven't really covered in any depth, I'm going to go there, is bloody Josh Nabidi. <laughs> yes. Well, were, were you wrong, say... Josh? Were you wrong about your namesake? No, he is not an international <laughs> class player. He just isn't. No, he's not. He is not good enough to play Test rugby. But he had the what, game. So you you know better than former international British lad Andy Powell, do you? Is that what you're saying? Apparently so. Apparently so. We'll get him on the podcast. We'll discuss it. Oh, I'm trying. Um, he's ignoring my oh. direct messages. Um. Yeah, he had the game of his life on Saturday. He played very well. He was. Probably was his best player. He's, he's playing at a level that he cannot ever sustain. Yeah, that's the problem, isn't it? Yeah. But it was great watching him fucking hand off all blacks and, like, tear towards the line like a weird dreadlocked throwback. Because he's not good at it. You know, he, he very probably will never play for Wales again after the autumn. He's 26 now. He's 26 he's not now. He's too old, but you'd no, think he'd have established he is, himself by now, wouldn't you? Yeah, and he is much worse than all of the other options. He is. He had like a good game, all, and fair play yeah. to him against the All Blacks. Good he, for him. He but, had the game of his life, and I was delighted for him because he seems like a fucking nice lad, and he's it has worth a, his bolt. It has a stench of the Haskell in Australia in 2016 about it, doesn't it? Oh, massively so. Probably even let it with it. 
in a rare moment of giving credit to Haskell, Haskell has actually proved that he can be a test match operator over an extended period of time, even if he's not very oh, good at it. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> we could do something at test level, is what I'm saying. We're no, he can. Be, You're right. We'll, we'll never play for Wales again, probably, unless there's another horrendous injury crisis, because there are simply seven players, probably, who he... are better, better open sides than he is. He must be the only person who's played for Wales who's got an Iranian dad, though. That is probably true, actually, yeah. There can't be anybody else. Anybody out there know of anybody else of an Iranian descent has played for uh, <laughs> Wales? Yeah, he might be the only player who's played for Wales with fucking dreadlocks as well. No, well, no. Well, no, he can't be. Did Richard Parks have dreadlocks for a while? Oh, he did, ones. actually. Oh, and Colin Chavis had the little ones as well, actually. He did have the little ones, didn't he? Yeah. Proper um, hippie ones, though. <laughs> what else have we got that's good, then? Andy got in touch. He said good was everything about Scotland and Murrayfield. Yeah, we haven't mentioned the kind of crowd and stuff. I mean, to be fair, yeah. they've, they've, they've been building up to this for quite some time, haven't they? Having something yes. to cheer about. So, Yeah, and it is very easy to have a good atmosphere when things are going well. Let's not. It's a great stadium know. when it goes well, though. That's yeah. the thing. There is yeah. something wonderful Fantastic about it. Fantastic atmosphere, and they, they, they manage the theatre of it very well. Robbie Alexander got in touch on Twitter at Blood and Mud and he said, good, is Scotland 41 tries in 11 games this calendar year. Mad, isn't it? Remember how shit they used to be? He's got when 32 tries Robbins. in nine games. That's three, nearly three and a half tries a game against tier one type teams. They're not struggling. Yeah, can you, do you remember what it used to They couldn't buy, sell, borrow, beg or 3D print a try. And it was Scotland. not long ago. It, it really was like, wasn't that long lifetime, ago. It was in the lifetime of this pod because we used to talk about it. <laughs> and we've only been going two years. So that's yeah, how soon and like, it is. And yeah, they've totally transformed themselves. And I honestly think they're going to win the Six Nations this year. Uh, Gareth got in touch on Twitter, Gareth JC10, and he said, Good is Mike Phillips coming out of retirement to play for the Scarlets and absolutely bossing it and yes, saying the and King being... is back on Twitter. That was the part that I really enjoyed. It's like, you can take, you know, you can put a few grey hairs on him. You can make him a bit slower than he used to be, but he will be an arch bellend until the day he dies. And also, you and can't... I wouldn't have it any other way. I knew he couldn't stay retired long, because you can't... That kind of raw sexual energy can't be contained. <laughs> no, exactly. Like, you know, just, just doing a bit of media and stuff. Yeah. What else have we got here? Some Ian Ross mentioned Josh Navini. Josh Navini? Navidi, an exceptional performance. Yes. And, and Andy, this is quite cruel. Andy James McCurley said on Twitter, good, is uh, we've got another chance to see Wales lose next week. That's cruel, isn't it? That is cruel, especially as I looked at that earlier, and that came from a Scotsman. And oh, literally, come on. literally yes. every single, like, because well, I, I got in the ground about 7 million hours early because of these new fucking security things. Are they as bad as people are saying they are, by the way, that security thing? Well, I mean, the the scaremongering is there. It took me about 10 minutes, and then I was in. But it was like an hour and a half before the bloody game. So now worse, I just I stood in the concourse drinking Millennium, the drinking Millennium Stadium lager. Drinking beer at £4.50 a pint, <laughs> exactly. But no, literally... There were as big a cheers for Scotland scoring their tries in the Millennium Stadium as there were almost for yeah. Wales's tries. Come on, Andy. And... Don't, don't you know the rules? Yeah. Everyone hates yeah. Ireland now. Don't be a dick. <laughs> Everyone hates Ireland now. That's where yeah. your th- stuff should go. I don't have England, of course. That never goes Obviously. away. No, there are, there are rules and then there are you know immutable facts of life. 
So one thing that is true is that it's I've never looked forward to a Six Nations this much for quite some time. Lucky you, because I oh, wait, of course. literally hope it never comes. Yeah, but in terms of the you know, for us to have things to talk about and the rugby that's going to be being played, you yes, must have it's some... going to be a, it's going to be an interesting Six Nations for the all the two games a weekend that aren't involving Wales. It's going to be really enjoyable and interesting. <laughs> Look, he's tuning you up early, ladies and gentlemen. You know, he's just getting letting you warn you all. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, it's you know, it's it's good. it's definitely a very in- there's a lot of storylines for the Six Nations. I feel like can Scotland kick on again? Can yeah. England actually take their game to a next level? Can Ireland take their game to a next to you know what? How many have they won on the bounce now? Is it something like fourteen? It's quite a games few. on the bounce. Yeah, it's something yeah. ridiculous. But um, and can they keep mixing that squad up in the way that's supposed to still keep performing? Yeah, can and, Wales just and, stop drifting across the fucking field just for well, just for five just, fucking minutes? They just do anything, really. Um, Will Josh Navidi be better than Sam Warburton? That's well, the real. Let's let's ask our, our Josh Navidi correspondent Andy Powell. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, are France going to continue to be this fucking bad? And if so, are they going to get the wooden spoon again? Because holy shit, they were bad. Will Guinot still be in charge? He can't be. He cannot be. I'm surprised the Porter hasn't put himself back in charge. I mean, let's not forget that, you know, South Africa have the same coach that they had when they came up here last year and shat themselves and then sat in it for four <laughs> games. So, yeah, I would never never say never as far as coaches go. Coaches are expensive to sack and they can always blame it on the players. So, what, One last mention before we go. Um, mm. Sophia Mirza got in touch on Twitter, who's the partner of um, long-time listener and regular correspondent Ian McGilp. Mm. And it's a video of him in the O2 Blue Room at Twickenham with his Scotland top on, singing a perfect rendition on the stage of the Samoa National Anthem. I mean, fair play to him. That is some dedicated is hatred of heroic England. Heroic shit. That's some heroic trolling. I'm proud of him for that. And Vernon that Kay tweeted genuine. him afterwards to say what a great thing it was. <laughs> I mean, Vernon Kay's a knob, but... Loves the NFL, though. I thought he'd be right up your street. He loves the NFL. He's... Does he know anything about it? I don't know enough about it to know if he's full of shit. Does he actually know what he's talking when, about? When Vernon Kay did that pro, that documentary about him playing for the London uh, Olympians, I think he was playing yeah. for, um, was the moment that my hate really crystallised. Because, yeah... He's not a very good player, and yet, because he was on telly, he was playing for that team, right. who were probably the best team in the country. Anyway. But yeah, so this, Ian, This isn't about my well-publicised beef with Vernon Kay. <laughs> this is about... <laughs> <laughs> this is about Ian's fantastic rendition of the summer, which fair played. If you didn't know that beforehand, that's some excellent pre-planning of your, you know, English-based trolling from a Scotland fan there. And um, yeah, I'm immensely just, proud of you. I'm just going to see if I can get it to play while we're on here. I mean, if nothing else, it should probably play us out afterwards. You can add it in post. I can't input. No, I don't need to add it in post. I think it's here. Oh, oh. We had a lot of things in post, by the way. You know, a lot of the last. <laughs>
got a Scottish top on and everything. Lack of attempting to adopt any kind of action. Scottish man, I think. Listen to that applause. Well done, Ian. I hope you got a standing ovation for that. Absolutely Boy. glorious. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for joining us. As always, thank you yeah, for how do all. You follow that. Thank you for all of your, of your honestly. We get about a hundred plus notifications when we ask for shit good. So if we don't use you, I'm very sorry, but there's only so much of it we can use and sift through, I'll be yeah. honest. And thank you, every single one of you, for doing it. Indeed. Take care. We'll see you next week. Goodbye. Bye, everyone. In Ireland, we don't get a lot of sunshine, which means we probably don't get enough vitamin D. And that's why we developed Vitabiotics Ultra Vitamin D. Specially formulated, one tiny Ultra Vitamin D tablet helps maintain your immune system, providing all the vitamin D you need in one daily tablet. Bring a little sunshine into your day with Vitabiotics Ultra Vitamin D. Pick up your three-month supply in-store and online from leading pharmacies and health food stores nationwide. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.